The Tarverian Podcast is a production of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Please check out more of our shows at www.probablywork.com. From Eric Slater, creator of Epic Fails of History, comes a bold new vision of the future in his latest book, 2299. 2299 is a sci-fi noir about a detective on the edge of the abyss. While investigating a cold case on Vanaheim, a space station orbiting Neptune, Desmond Faust finds himself ensnared in a web of lies and murder. The closer he gets to discovering the truth, the more aware he becomes that he might not leave this place alive. Eric Slater's 2299 is available now on Amazon. hosted by, well, me, Bill. Join me, Bill, each week as I go through the books chapter by chapter, hopefully spoiler-free, until we uncover the full mysteries of the wheel. Yes, hello, my wonderful, wonderful Tarverans. <laughs> yes, welcome back to the Tarveran podcast, a Wheel of Time podcast where we go through the Wheel of Time books one book at a time. And I'm trying my best to keep the schedule more semi-regular. Now, again, like I said, I'm going to try at least get to every two weeks. I think this may have been three weeks since my last episode. I can't quite remember. My last couple of weeks at work have been a mother load of a dumpster fire. <laughs> mother! It's been a dumpster fire, um, but it's um, I am slowly getting back on track. But I did do I I did a lot of good work for the podcast behind the scenes. I think I've been mentioning probably since we started season two that the YouTube channel is so so far behind. Don't I am up to date with YouTube now. Every single episode of the Tarveran podcast is now out there on YouTube, available for your listening pleasure. Yep, I see those four people who listen to every episode. <laughs> Thank you very much for your contribution to my life. I love you all. You are brilliant. But yes, um, to, uh, I, I took quite an easy route. I used an app called Headliner, which kind of like makes the videos for you with a graphic really good way easier than what i used to do before and pretty much the same quality so <laughs> i'm pretty pleased with that but yeah I, I set those out to release on like a daily schedule and i think the last one came out a few days ago so i don't feel too bad about being late i apologize for you podcasting people but now everyone's going to be on an even kill i'm going to publish the podcast episodes it's going to publish out to the world and it will also publish out to YouTube. So you're all going to get it at the same time. No need to wait around for more Bill's madness of time. <laughs> yeah, I've come straight from the spoilers of spoilers. 
Do you know, I don't even know if it's a spoiler. There, there is a place, right? I don't, I don't think it gets mentioned until, until like one of the later books. This isn't really a spoiler. It's called The Isles of Madness, all right? It is vaguely mentioned like once or twice throughout the whole series. And if you look up a map of Ran, what they call Ranland, you know, the, the Wheel of Time map, so you can see everything there is, it's kind of like, um, very, it's very much Lord of the Ringsy. you know, everything takes place in one part of the world, but there is other parts of the world. And they mention this Isles of Madness, it's almost like a huge continent, like Australia type thing, where apparently men still channel or something and, and just everyone there is just absolutely freaking insane <laughs> it's such a cool little thing and it's just like it's like come on brandon robert you know I, I, I want to know more about the isles of madness but no no they, they don't really go back there it's just like yeah it's a thing yeah <laughs> there's crazy people down there don't fucking go down that way it's like all right so no one does <laughs> it's really funny but yeah anyway i'm here to talk to you this week about chapter 18 of the great hunt to the White Tower. And we've got a change of... of making Bill not be able to say words properly. We've got a change of perspective. Yes, we are now reading from the point of view of Egwene. It's been a little while. Been very Rand-heavy at the beginning of this book. But yeah, we are now... Rand's, you know, Rand's escaped that really weird place that he was in. <laughs> you know, you know where he took all that acid. He <laughs> went on a weird trip. You know, he's just he's just woken up in Vegas in a car, uh, being taken home by his dad. Uh, by his dad. So yeah, good good on you, Rand. You had a you had a fun weekend. <laughs> but yeah, now we're talking about Egwene. She is currently on the River Queen. Uh, which is that the same boat that Matt and Rand were on in the first book when they got all the way to Whitebridge? I think it is. I think they meant. I think they even mentioned the captain in this. But yeah, they were on that boat. And they're on their way to Tarvalon. And they, you know, it starts off with Egwene. She's standing on top. She's looking at the shore as the River Queen's going down. She talks a lot about the way the wind has been blowing since they got on the ship and the way the waters have been moving. And it's all artificial. All the Aesodai standing on the boat or living on the boat at the moment are pushing the boat down to Tarvalon as quickly as it could possibly go. And she talks about like the soldiers, like the sailors walking around, just looking at the water and just going, nope, not looking at that. That's not doing anything that I should be doing. <laughs> and it's really funny. And then also, I like I like the imagery he uses as well, where he talks about uh, there's a kid from the last town running alongside the boats, but he's slowly running out of energy and going back and back and further, further until he's lost into the distance. And she's basically there just watching him. And then as he goes, she's like, okay. I think we'll go downstairs and I'll have a chat with uh, Nynaeve because Nynaeve, oh, poor old Nynaeve, she does not like being on a boat. <laughs> oh, no. She gets really, really bad seasickness and she's having a whale of a time down there. And it's a great bit where she's just like, Egwene says, I even stopped offering uh, Nynaeve extra food when she threw the third bowl at me. I just like the fact that it took three attempts. You know, if I if I offered my wife some cereal, like, I don't know why I've gone for cereal. You know, let's say a bowl of olives. Olives is more my wife's thing. If I said, here you go, Beatrice, have some olives, all right? She went, no. I went, and I went, have some olives, Beatrice. She went, no. And then if she threw that bowl at me, I would have learnt my lesson. <laughs> I wouldn't have gone back two more times, be like, here you go, want some more olives? <laughs> She'd be like, no, get out. I'm having a divorce. <laughs> If I have to throw one more bowl at you, do you know how expensive bowls are, Bill? They cost a lot of money when they break to replace. So get out. Stop offering me olives. But all right, all right, all right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and yeah, but they have a little chat. You know, she's like, I think we're going to reach Tarvalon today, which is ridiculously quick. And uh, it gets around to the point where she's talking about uh, Anaya Sedai. And uh, she also mentions the fact that Nynaeve never uses the prefix Sedai which is kind of the honorific at the end of all Sedai's names, because she's always, 
always naive is fighting that authority you know she thinks she's the authority everyone else is ridiculous she's not going to use it she's even planning to go to the white tower to train so she can learn to use her powers but she still doesn't in her core want to be an ace to die um which is kind of cool and i really respect her fierceness for it she's oh, fierce is such a good word for naive she's the most fiercest character so so good um but yeah this anaya sadai uh Egwene's been talking to her about her dreams and she basically tells she keeps telling her don't worry about them they're just they're just dreams there's nothing in it but she knows Egwene's like she knows there's something in these dreams she knows it and she's dreaming of a man in a mask with fiery eyes who we know we know it's Beelzebub you know fuck man he's supposed to be gone but you know he's still popping up into people's dreams and yeah you know Nynaeve's a bit like you know we should we should keep our distance don't mention the man in the mask and even Egwene, Egwene agrees with us like yeah my gut tells me that I shouldn't mention the man in the mask and she says and again I love this it shows the mindset of the two two girls between Egwene and Nynaeve Egwene's like I hope Rand's okay and Nynaeve's like I hope they're all okay they're all my boys you know because that's how she looks at them they're, they're part of her village they're part of her flock and she wants all of them to be okay she doesn't want one of them to be out of place, feeding on some sort of electric fence somewhere, stuck on there with their wall, not being able to get off. Rain's coming down. I've got I've gone into a weird imagery place in my head there, thinking of a sheep that's lost its way from its flock. But yeah, you get the you get the point. Egwene's obviously got a big song strof pot, soft pot for for Rand, and Nynaeve's more like I just want all my all my boys to be okay. And then. Who's that knocking at the door? Who's that ringing the bell? <laughs> you never guess who it is. It's the fucking Amaral in seat. <laughs> oh, I love that stuff. Um, yeah, so the so Swain Sh- comes in. The Am- I-, I hope I'm saying that. S-U-I-A-N. Swain, I've always said. Uh, in my head, anyway. Swain? Shuan? Shuan. No, I, in my head I say Shuan, but I think that's completely wrong. But yeah, anyway, the Amaraline comes in and decides it's time to give the girls a lesson. <laughs> and yeah, it's just like, why? Why has the Amaraline Sea come down? And they even mention, like, she's come down here and she's come down without, uh, is it Sherin, Sherinum? Sherinum Sadai, you know, the girl, the other one who's always with her, the keeper or whatever she's called. Um, yeah, she's, they like, you know, they never are apart, but they're coming. <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah she comes down to teach the girls a lesson uh on how to use their magic and she's even like she's even like you know i i, I hear you're quite fierce naive <laughs> you know they tell me that you know the best comes out of you when your temper flares and she's like and you're so like advanced in your power that you'd probably be better off going straight in as an accepted and she's like some of this said i want to keep you as a um, as a novice for a long long time to teach you a lesson but i say if you've got the ability why not so you know she's already trying to be like i'm kind of on your side here i want to promote you quickly you know you shouldn't be hanging around with novices because quite frankly you're going to absolutely raise hell <laughs> you're going to raise hell back in Tarvalon. So I'd rather get you up into a thing where we can keep an eye on you a bit more. And she's like, and I've been told you've got... <laughs> Again, we start to learn about um, the Amarin Seat, that she's she was of a fisherman's stock when she grew up. And she says this great line of, you're like a fisher bird with a bone in its throat. <laughs> 
And then um, Nynaeve's like, mm, I'd love to stab you with a sword or something along those lines. And she's like, a sword? What would a sword do? And she channels and she brings a sword out of the air. She said, you know, a big strong man can come at you with a sword. What are you going to do? And she's like, what would you do to me? And then she decides to, you know, and then, yeah, Nynaeve starts telling her about, you know, she loses her temper, basically. She's like, ah, damn it. You know, all I have to do is these really simple things. I want to do something more complicated. You know, light this candle, Nynaeve. Put it out, Nynaeve. Light it again. And the Amelie just like, you know, you, you need to build up to this sort of thing. You need to build up to this power so that you can learn to control it. You can't just go in straight away because you can burn yourself out, which will burn you off from the one power forever. And you will feel that pain if it happens. You know, she's trying to protect Nynaeve in a way. But yeah, she uses the example of the sword and then she holds Nynaeve in place with the air. Nothing but air, just completely there. Nynaeve cannot move. Then she lifts her into the air, which fucks her off no end. (laughs) <laughs> oh yes, Nynaeve does not like being lifted into the air. Oh no, she does not. And it's almost like she's going to have her bottom spanked. And it's hilarious as well because she's telling her like, you know, what would a big what would I do with a sword, you know? There's a man running at me <laughs> doing these things. But no. I could just hold him in place with the one power and it doesn't I don't even break a sweat doing it. There's nothing a man with a sword could do against me. And then all of a sudden, bang! Swain hits the wall or the door, whatever it is, and she's been held up against the door. And you know, all this whole time, Egwene's been standing going, "Don't lose your temper, Nynaeve." And Egwene's also been held in place, you know, for whatever reason, Swain's done it to the room, sort of thing, whatever she's done. And yeah, Nynaeve has just struck out of her power, and then it's like Swain's really impressed. She's like, "Oh yes, <laughs> I've coaxed out every last drop of effort from you. Well done." And she's like, "Now let's agree. Let's let each other go at the same time. Ready?" And then. Nynaeve's like, no, nah, I'm not having any of this. She's like, put me down now. And she's like, no, let's do it at the same time. Like, Nynaeve's like, put me down now. So, of course, the Amelie seat, despite the fact she's been pinned back, <laughs> which shows shows how powerful Nynaeve is, that she is, like, managed with no training, no skill, nothing. Just she's seen what she's done with this air and holding her in place. She's used it against her in a second and he's overpowering her. But Amelie seat is still the Amelie seat. She cuts off Nynaeve from the source like that. Snap, snap, snap. Just cuts her off. And Nynaeve can't do anything. She's absolutely powerless. And she's like... And then Suane actually gives her the speech saying like, what I've done to you, anyone can do to you right now. But once you've come to the tower and you've been trained, not one person will be able to do this. It will take teams and teams of people to be able to cut you off from the one source. And you can see Nynaeve's like... You can see Nynaeve's like... Oh my god, I can't. I can't be in a situation where I'm so powerless that I've been cut off. <laughs> and it's just like real eye-opening moment for her. Then we kind of we kind of skip a little bit of time to the point where the Amarin leaves. Uh, Egwene's just absolutely exhausted saying like, you know, wow, you know, all the other sisters have come over and trained us and it's been exhausting, but you know, the Amarin has coaxed every single last drop of effort out of me. And she's just like she, but she produces a tiny little flame that dances on her fingertips, which shows a bit of growth for Nine- for Egwene actually, because she she's not supposed to do any type of channeling when no one's when there's not another Ace Sedai there to supervise her, because she's she hasn't even been accepted as a novice yet, but she's there doing it. So she's she is also picking up that thing where she's like, I need to, I need to do my thing. I need to break away from the chains of authority. It's really cool. I I, I like that little sort of little dance from her. 
Whereas for Nynaeve, it was the exact opposite. She couldn't let go of her anger because of everything that happened. And so she couldn't really channel that well. And um, yeah, the Amelina tried to do many different ways of making her angry. But because she knew she was being made to be made angry, it just wasn't really working for her. And then eventually we get to a bit more forward in time and the ship finally arrives at Tarvalon. Yes, we have finally arrived at the White Tower. Uh, they all they leave the ship. Uh, Egwene and Nynaeve leave on their own. And then once they're off the ship, uh, Sheremadai, who's the uh, mistress of novices, comes to meet them. And she tells them that the White Tower and the shining walls that were built by Ogier hands. And of course, we've got our good old friend Ogier, and we joining up with the teams. He's currently off with old Rand and the boy, helping the boy Rand with his work. And it's like their best work ever, some say. Uh, she also gives them the warning that some, you know, quite a few novices break under the strain, um, which doesn't make evil woman more confident. You know, they're still quite. Oh, God. But Nynaeve is also warned that the first few weeks of one being accepted is one of the hardest periods. So, you know, they, they've been forewarned. This is not going to be an easy ride. You're not just going to come here, learn a few magic tricks and then be sent off into the world. This is going to be a tough, tough, gruelling challenge. This is basically like the army for magic people. OK, except the only magic people that there are allowed are women. So it's just like the army, but in reverse, but a bit more sexist. <laughs> Ten years ago, that would probably be quite an accurate statement. But nowadays, you know, the army is a lot less sexist and women are allowed in. <laughs> to do whatever they want to do uh you know I, I i literally know nothing about the army or military i'm the worst person to comment on it so you know that's kind of just the imagery that i get into my head but then that brings kind of a close kind of <laughs> does bring a close to the chapter and it's pretty cool you know it's cool that we got to meet the um mistress of novices at the end because she's a cool character i really like swain uh so sorry i like swain who's the amarin seat of course but uh, sharing them the uh the mistress of novices i really like her too but um, yeah, that's it for this week, guys. You know, we're going to come back next week. Uh, we're going to talk about Beneath the Dagger, Chapter 19, which is a lovely horn picture at the top of the page here that I can see. So yeah, everybody, if you want to, if you are enjoying the show and you're enjoying my, my mini renaissance that I've got coming back, please rate and review the podcast on any podcasting apps that you desire and use. Because <laughs> that really helps. That That is the ultimate thing that helps the show. You know, you can follow uh, Wheel of Time News if you go to hashtag the Twitter of Time on Twitter, uh, which, you know, given your whatever your political standings, you may or may not want to do. You know, uh, I, I don't know if there's a uh, Mastodon of Time or a Hive of Time, but, you know, wherever you want to go get your social media news, there's always great uh, Wheel of Time content out there. Uh, no readings from Bill this week because, uh, quite frankly, I've mentioned it's been a dumpster fire over a week for me. I just have not got time to put readings together. I do really, really apologise, but I'll come back with a double reading next week. Yes, I'll do one from this one and one from next one. Uh, join us on the Discord. You know, I've got a Discord. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have to shut it down to be honest with you, and move it over to our network's Discord. So uh, there, there will be some mini changes there, but I'll, I'll make that available to people as, as and when I can, uh, and I'll put it. I'll put the link to the new Discord, which is our podcasting network the we can make this work probably network discord available in the notes and yep yeah, you know uh, go to probablywork.com and you can find more of our great shows there including more shows that i'm on and more shows that um, other people do uh, super switch club great you know podcast assemble you know i'm not one of those people i, I contribute occasionally but it's really really good show um comic zombie actually if you're into comic books comic zombie is an amazing podcast check that stuff out and also one of our guys um eric slader uh he's recently actually released a light novel called um 20 29 
Oh no, he's going to kill me. But yeah, I'll put I'll put a link to that as well. That's really he's done a really short story for that. He's done the audio book himself, which I got and listened to, and it was fantastic. Um, really, really impressive work. You know, it's very like Blade Runner esque. I thought it was really good stuff. But yeah, so many places you can show your love and uh, and support for the show, including YouTube. But anyway, guys, um, I'm going to move on now because uh, I'm getting real dry throat. Uh, the, it's coming to the end of my day. And I need to go have. Uh, I need to go. I need to go buy a Christmas tree. Damn! I've got, I've got to go down to this Christmas tree place and get this Christmas tree, put it on my shoulder, and bring it home. So much stuff to do this time of year. All right, everybody. I hope you've enjoyed this. I love you all. I'll speak to you soon. Bye. This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at ProbablyWork for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com.